0: Read from the Gospel of Mark, chapter 4. And again, thank you, Pastor. I want to get right into the Word and share something that the Lord has impressed upon my heart. And I pray that it would affect you in some measure. The Gospel of Mark, chapter 4, beginning at verse 37. If you would kindly stand once more for the reading of the Word of the Lord. Thank you so much. And again, thank you, Pastor. I pray Friends Day is anointed and God does a great work then. Crawfish. There you go. That's a Louisiana thing, you know, and it's wonderful. God bless you. And there arose a great storm of wind, and the waves beat into the ship so that it was now full. And he, that is Jesus, was in the hinder part of the ship, asleep on a pillow. And they awake him and say unto him, Master, carest thou not that we perish? And he arose and rebuked the wind, And said unto the sea, Peace, be still. Aren't you glad he speaks that way? And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. And he said unto them, Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? And they feared exceedingly, and said one to another, What manner of man is this, that even the wind and the sea obey him what a savior we have today lord i thank you for your word i pray that you'd anoint what is said what is shared and i pray that you'd anoint my heart god that you'd anoint the hearts of this people help us lord to be melted together in unity of spirit and perform your purpose in this moment we pray in Jesus' name, and everybody say, "In Jesus' name, give the Lord a hand clap before you're seated." Let's thank the Lord together. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! The disciples were fearful and faithless. Storms on the sea can create those feelings and sentiments. It can be a combination of of the storm itself, the sea and what lurks in the sea, what is in the water. The Bible speaks of the sea with a lot of negative connotation, beasts, creatures. Even Daniel describes great beasts that come out of the sea. The New Testament, we also see the fear associated with the sea. The Bible tells us when Jesus cast demons out of the demoniac that they went into swine that jumped into the sea. Hebrew tradition and culture believe that the sea was the, the living place, the abode of spirit. So Jesus basically sent them back home, I guess. But there was a fear associated with being in the midst of a great storm. And as I said, it's not only the storm, but oftentimes as well, it's what's in the water. What's lurking in the water. The Bible tells us of different creatures and beasts, but there is none that surpasses the beast called Leviathan. Leviathan is a beast that's mentioned in the scripture in several places. It's mentioned in Psalms, Job, Isaiah, and Amos. And this sea creature is what fear is made of, it is basically where we get the idea of the dragon. It's a huge scaled sea creature that you cannot penetrate its scales. It breathes fire. Matter of fact, in Job it said it sneezes. When it sneezes, fire comes out. So this huge creature, Leviathan, is something that causes children to shiver and quiver in fear. But it also creates fear in adults. Mariners were afraid of a sea creature called Leviathan. And there's been all types of depictions of it, movies and different things that have depicted Leviathan, this huge creature. Leviathan is uh, noted with great fear. The very name Leviathan is synonymous with huge and gigantic and humongous and immense It is a mammoth, massive creature unlike any other creature that God created. And when Job was going through his difficulties, and he had a lot of great difficulties, toward the end of the book of Job, God takes an entire chapter to speak about Leviathan. He tells Job, let me tell you, Job, about this creature, this sea creature. He asks him several questions. He said, can you draw Leviathan out with a hook? Can you snare his tongue with a line that you put in the water? Can you put a reed through his nose? Can you speak softly to him? Can you capture Leviathan and bring him home to your graduating daughters? (laughs) Can you take him home as a pet and say, here's Leviathan, kind of like a parrot or something? Can you bring him to your house? Would you be kind and nice to him? Would you play with him like with a bird? Would you put a leash on him and control him? Can you fill his skin with harpoons? You can't. Will you, his head with fishing spears, can you penetrate his his head? You cannot. He said, as a matter of fact, if anybody ever laid their hands on him, it would be the end of that person. This is all in uh, Job chapter 41. He says, if you think you can overcome him, false. Actually says that, false. Cannot. You will be overwhelmed by his sight. There's nothing you can do. Then he gives this description of it with its scales and its, and how huge and powerful it is and how that you cannot Uh, reach him with a sword. It will do no, it will not avail a spear, dart, javelin. He regards iron like straw and bronze as rotten wood. The arrow cannot make him flee. He is king over all the children of pride. God says, that's Leviathan. And God says to Job, you can't do anything with Leviathan. He's too strong and powerful for you. And as I said, Leviathan represents fear and power in the scripture. God says, you can't do anything about your Leviathan. But he does say, I can. I can. And I'm going to get back to that in a moment. But in ancient history, if you looked at old maps... On the corners, you can see a depiction of Leviathan on each corner of these old, these old tattered maps. Because they said, the seafarers, if they fall over the edge, a sea creature will get them. If they sink into the depth of the sea, if their ship sinks, Leviathan will get them. So there was a great fear associated with Leviathan, who lived and breeds fear into the hearts of people. And as I said, it's what nightmares are made of. And I want to share with you just a moment to tell you that we all have leviathans lurking the, under the surface in our own lives. We all have these creatures that we think are too big for us. And I can't handle it and I can't overcome it. But I want you to know that there's a God that's able to control your leviathan. We all have These creatures that we deal with, all of these things that we have dealt with and deal with here as well as in many parts of the entire world affected even just a couple of years ago with the intensity of COVID, lost loved ones and the fear that was rampant in our society as to what's going to happen now. And then it continues on with other things. We go from wars to rumors of wars and actual wars. And now we're wondering how we're going to get formula for our children to eat. And all of these things, fear comes into the hearts of people. And this fear quotient is strong and powerful in our society. As a matter of fact, during COVID, there was a term that was created called doom surfing. Or doom scrolling, which is basically when people on their cellular device constantly are just scrolling and everything's negative everything's terrible everything's going to hell everybody's going to be lost we're not going to survive our family we're going to die we're going to die everything it's scrolling and constantly seeing those things and and it creates in the hearts of people fear to everything we're fearful of any and everything that's going on but can i share with you and tell you it's time that we spend more time with hope flipping through the word of god there's hope in this these pages Instead of doom surfing, we need to be hope flipping and find out that there is hope in our God today. But we have these things, Pastor, that we we just wrestle with and we feel them pulling us beneath into the surf, under the surface, beneath into the deep waters. How can I survive these things when Leviathan is breathing upon my neck fear and intimidation? On and on it goes. We all have our leviathans. Yours may be a sickness. It might be a sickness that you've got a report from the doctor. And then you got a report from another doctor. And they say there's nothing they can do about your situation. And it causes some people just to quit. And just to give up and to wither away and die, thinking there's nothing they can do about their sickness. But can I tell you, we serve a God who is a great physician. You never need to lose hope. With his stripes, we are healed. God is able to help us in the midst of our problems and our fear. Some people's Leviathan may be a sin. Maybe it's a besetting sin that you feel like I don't know if I can get over this and I keep falling back into it. Let me tell you, first of all, never give up never stop trying, never stop going to church, never stop worshiping. You might say, well, I'm embarrassed and I feel guilty because of something I've done. There's an answer for that in the Word of God. It's coming to an altar, opening our hearts and repenting. And when you repent of a sin, God will forgive you of your sin. And your sin is not greater than somebody else's sin. And your sin is not greater than the blood of Jesus. He is able to cleanse of every sin and all unrighteousness in our lives it might be finances sometimes our finances take a great hit and it's depleted we wonder how are we going to pay our mortgage how are we going to make it with inflation so high and and costing more to live now and a lot of people allow these fears to intimidate and control them it might be a conflict it might be a conflict that you've had with somebody in your family or in your church. And when you say, I, I, I don't want this conflict, how do I get through this conflict? It seems to be never ending. And the fear that grips your spirit and grips your heart. But I'm telling you, there's an answer for all of these things it's the power and the presence of God. Some people, it might be their marriage, they feel like it's unraveling. I'm losing the loved one of my life and I don't know how I'm going to save this. It might be children that seem to be going away from God and maybe even away from parents. And we wonder how are we going to be able to survive and make it with these losses that grip our spirit and keep us up late at night. It might be depression. There's been a lot more depression even in young people over the last couple of years or so. Depression that's gripped the hearts of people and cause them to do things that you thought would were unthinkable and unmentionable people. I've dealt with even connections in my own family and circle of friends of suicide and suicidal tendencies. That this depression that is like a cloud that's come over people. And it's like Leviathan that's wrapped around them and looks them in the eye and intimidates them and breathes fire upon them and says, I'm going to bring you down. And I'm going to destroy you. But I am telling you there's hope in the presence of God. This, this, come on, coming to church is not just some feeble, feeble activity we do. When we come into the presence of God, we find hope. We find life. We find healing. We find strength. We find what we need from God in his presence. But all of these things that we deal with, Leviathan rises from beneath the surface and challenges us and threatens us it might be drug addiction people say i i I just can't get through this i can't get over this it might be alcoholism that just breathes upon them i spoke to a a preacher friend pastor been pastoring for 25 30 years used to be an alcoholic came in church hasn't hasn't had a drink since then But pastor, he told me, he said, he said, you know, sometimes even late at night now, as I'm pastoring and doing the work of God, haven't had a drink in, in 35 years or so, he says sometimes I still wake up in the middle of the night with something pulling on me, tugging me, saying "You know, you need to go get a drink and you need to do this because under the surface, hear me, under the surface Leviathan lives and he breathes and he threatens you and he tells you what he's going to do. He's going to tell you he's going to end you. He's going to pull you down. He's going to drown you. He's going to destroy you. That's what Leviathan says. And you can't take care of Leviathan on your own. You can't survive Leviathan. He breathes fire and we wilt. And we wilt and we fade away. We all have tasted and have uh, pain. We all have dealt with our Leviathan. It might be different things in your life. I remember Pastor... Years ago, It's like, how am I going to pay this mortgage my home? I'm going to lose my home. I know what Leviathan feels like. I know the, what he says. A conflict, a problem, something. How are we going to get through this? And let, let me just say something to you. Some of you, you've had great problems in your life at times when you didn't think you'd make it. But guess what? You're still here. You're still here. Your life is proof of your resiliency and of the power, overcoming power of God. We've all had these great problems. None that I can think more severe in my life than a couple of years ago. As a matter of fact, it was just maybe two months before all this COVID sensation broke out. It had to do with my 16-year-old son, Noah. He's my middle child, 16 years old, Noah was an athlete, as my older son was. Basketball, baseball. And this, at this point, a couple of years ago, was during basketball season. And Noah, I drove him to the game, and I go up into the bleachers to watch the game. And my son was a starter as a junior on, on the varsity team, and they were playing the game. And, and suddenly... At halftime, I'm sitting in the bleachers with the other parents waiting for the second half to start. And as I'm waiting for the second half to start, there's a uh, student that comes up to me. And he's down below and I can just see him and he's trying to get my attention. And he tells me to come uh, check on Noah. And I thought he said he needed water, but that's not what he said. He said he's having seizures. So I jump down and I run back into the locker room. And when I run into the locker room, my son is there on the floor, quivering and shaking on that cold, damp concrete slab. And the coach tells us what happened and how they were preparing to go back to the second half and Noah had these seizures. Little did we know that that was not the problem, however. The seizures was the least of the worry because as everybody left, I'm in there with him. and He's on the floor. When I ran in, there's another uh, parent who's a, uh, a, a doctor. And when he saw me run in, he ran in as well. So it's me and the doctor and my son laying on the, on the concrete slab. And the doctor says, as everybody leaves, he'll be all right, we'll just uh, roll him over onto his back and he'll be fine. So I reached down and when I reached down to put my hand on his chest, I looked into his face and his face was an ashen gray color. And I remember touching him and didn't, didn't feel any movement whatsoever. And I asked the doctor, I said, doctor, is he breathing? And he looked and he checked and immediately he said, he's not breathing. He said, call 9 one So I jumped up and I ran outside of the, the gym uh, onto the court from the locker room and I began to call nine one one, And then I called out for help. Can anybody help us, please? Can anybody help us? And then I ran back into uh, the locker room. The doctor was working feverishly with CPR, working on my son, trying to save my my son's life and I remember as I knelt down bes- beside my son I put my hand on him and I'm wanting to pray pastor I should be able to pray I received the Holy Ghost when I was 13 and my family wasn't in church but I received the Holy Ghost at a, at an early age and I, and I kept going to church through all my failures and faults and shortcomings I just kept going uh, uh, on my own and and without a youth group in a small little country church I just kept going And and God blessed me. And I I started preaching at the age of 16. And and I should be able to have some faith by now, Pastor. But I'm telling you, when I knelt down by my son, I I was quivering in fear. Because I began to see... And look upon him and and his color and and no motion and no movement. And fear gripped my spirit. And I began to weep and I began to beg God. God, would you please, would you please let my son live? Would you please just take me, just let me die right here now in this moment. Just let me die. But please let my son live. And things became frantic. And I saw people running in and running out. In and running out as I'm there with my hand on my son, I want to believe. But I began to be consumed by fear and I began to sense death. And I began to, to in my mind, to see a coffin and to see death and to see a funeral. And I was so frantic as I was as I was there and I had my hand on him. Someone runs in with an AED, the defibrillating device. And, and as they get the AED prepared and hook him up to that, they tell me to move my hand and I look As my son is jolted and his body convulses and jumps off of that slab. And and I was overtaken at that point. They had to drag me out. I should be strong. I should have more faith, I understand. But I'm telling you, when Leviathan was looking me in the eyes and Leviathan was breathing his fire upon me, I was afraid. I was afraid. And 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 they dragged me out outside the locker room onto the court. And as I'm standing there, uh, frantic and trying somehow to pray suddenly out of the bleachers from the team that we were playing the, a lot of the parents came out onto the court and a lot of the mothers came out and they began to circle me and and our school and, and let me just say this there's a reason i'm telling you this but the school that my sons attends was a private school and it was predominantly white we were playing southern lab which was predominantly black school and we were at southern lab And I'll I'll never forget that as as we were getting beaten because they're just better than we are. (laughs) I like to say we play beneath the rim, they play above it. But anyway, uh, so those fans that were rejoicing in the slaughter they they were holding in the first half, I'll never forget that a bunch of those dear mothers came and circled me and they started praying. And on that court, a prayer meeting broke out and those dear ladies were lifting their hands, calling on the name of Jesus, calling on his name right there. The game had ended and everybody's just, it was just amazing because you know how those atmospheres, the atmosphere can be at those games. Yeah, you do. But it it changed and it shifted. Something shifted and I'm standing there and their coach came and held me. Tall gentleman, put his arms around me and he said, listen, he said, when I was a little boy, my dad told me, you got to learn how to pray, son, because one day you're going to need to know how to pray. And he said, this is one of those moments that my dad prepared me for. And we started praying, and I noticed people going in and out of the room, and every, every face looked dejected and painful. And I'm thinking, what is happening? I tried to get in. They wouldn't let me go in the room. I'm trying to get back in. And they, they're holding me back, and, and I, I couldn't go. But I'll never forget that as they were praying, there was a a, a small mother, a small black lady who came up to me and she took her hands and she grabbed my face like this and she said, look at me, look at me. She grabbed my face, look at me, look at me. And finally I looked her in the eyes and she said, listen, listen. Our God is a miracle-working God. Our God is a miracle-working God. I should have been saying that. I was a preacher after all. But sometimes in your life, you can't summon up the energy to get past your Leviathan. But thank God somebody else began to pray and touch the throne of heaven and speak faith in the midst of great despair and doubt. That's another reason why you need to be in the house of God. You need somebody who'll pray with you and help you. There are times that we're strong and we feel invincible, but there's other times that we're weak and we're unsure. But if somebody would get around me and pray a prayer of faith, Pastor, if I'm going through the valley low, if somebody would come and pray with me and help me, I believe I can make it another day. I was glad when they said, let's go into the house of God because I can feel the presence of God, but I can also feel the tangible touch of a brother or a sister as they help me in the midst of my Leviathan experience. (laughs) We need one another. We need the house of God. Come on, you need your brothers and your sisters. Come on, the enemy is not in here. The enemy is out there. We need one another. Seemed like an eternity before the ambulance finally arrived. Now they pull me in to the ambulance. The doctor is still there. The doctor grabs me and he gets me, and we get into the ambulance. My son, my 16-year-old son is flailing. He has no control of his, of his body. He can't talk. He just makes guttural sounds. Just blah, blah. He can't talk. He has and they're trying to get control of him, and they can't, and and we're trying to hold him down, and I'm, I'm trying to pray and touch God as we're on our way. The doctor tells me a little about what happened in the room. They had to shock him with that AED three times just to get the rhythm back. He was out for so long, and, and they were trying to work with him to get him back. We go to the emergency room, we pull in there, and finally they wheel him into the emergency room, and, A lot of people just come and and just converge on him and they they're they're, finally enough people can hold him down and 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 tie him down and get the all the ivs and everything hooked into him and as as they're working with him i remember that finally as, as he's there and he's kind of sedated after a little while the doctor comes in and i'm standing there with my wife and The doctor looks at my son Noah and he goes and observes him and he looks at the papers and he goes around and all that and then he pulls me and my wife over to the side. He said, let me tell you. If he lives, he's going to have problems with mobility. He's going to uh, not be able to speak clearly. He's going to have all these Problems if he lives. And I said, what do you mean if he lives? He said, I don't, I don't know if he's going to survive this or not. And we find out what he had was 95% fatal. And people usually die of this. It was something that he was born with we didn't know he had. It's hypertrophic cardiomyopathy. And, and this, particular, this particular thing usually takes people out. Unless you have a defibrillating device... In proper CPR, you won't have a chance. And he said, I don't know. And I remember through the night, pastor, I would come up to his, his ear and I'd lean down and I'd say, hey, Noah, I love you. I love you, Noah. I love you. No sound, sometimes just a guttural sound, but no talking. And it's about nine o'clock. Every few minutes, I'd go down to him. I'd come over to him and I'd speak in his ear and I'd say, I love you, Noah. nothing, nothing. Nine o'clock, ten o'clock, midnight, one o'clock in the morning, two o'clock in the morning, three o'clock in the morning, nothing's happening. And then I leaned down about three o'clock, I leaned down to his ear and I said, No, I love you. Very quietly, he said, I love you too. I was so excited. I ran down the hall screaming. He spoke, he's speaking, he talked. And as I began to tell, those that were in the waiting room that he spoke. Then I come back, and from that moment on, God began to move and shift some things in his life. By noon the next day, by noon the next day, that was 3 in the morning, by noon the next day, my son Noah was sitting up in a chair playing a video game. He was playing me, and even in that condition, he beat me. Of course, he doesn't know. I didn't tell him he did. But he was sitting there, and I was sitting beside him. The doctor comes in. When the doctor comes in, the cardiologist, he looks at Noah, and he looks at the bed. He looks at him. He looks around. And you can tell he was befuddled. And he told me, he said, I'm not a religious person. He said, but I'm telling you, it's a miracle that your son is sitting up doing what he's doing right now. He said he he had three different cardiologists that came in and said, this is a miracle. One one nurse was a a dear uh, Muslim lady. She came in and she looked at him. And when she looked at him, she told us, she said, I don't know who you're talking to. I don't know who you pray to, but I am telling you, it's a miracle that your son is sitting up here. And in spite of the Leviathan that was trying to pull me under, in spite of the Leviathan that was trying to destroy me and breathe fear into me and destroy my family, I thank God that my son survived that. I thank God that he lived through that. He was a junior then. And he graduated high school. He graduated fifth in his class. He just finished his first year at LSU. And if you saw my son, you would would never imagine anything happened to him. He's just as normal as anybody you could imagine. He's strong, he's healthy, he's fun. I always tell my son, I said, to have such a bad heart, you have such a great heart. He's very sensitive to people. He loves God. They had to put a defibrillator in his chest. But other than that, you wouldn't know. And I tell you, every day, I wake up thanking God. Every day I wake up thanking God. And every night before I go to bed, I thank God for what God has done in my son. And I thank God for a praying lady. I thank God for somebody that wasn't so full of pride that they couldn't play, pray on a basketball court and that touched God and helped this dad with his son. And I want I want you to understand that Leviathan breathes and he lies he says things to you. But even though Leviathan lives, God said in, in Job 41, he said, listen, Job, you can't ha- handle Leviathan. But he said, let me tell you who I am let me tell you how I am in chaos he created all the creatures God created the sea creature God created Leviathan and God says you can't handle him but I can in Psalm 104 as a matter of fact it says this notice what the psalm has said in Psalm 104 verse 24 O Lord, how manifold are thy works. Listen to what he says. In wisdom hast thou made them all. The earth is full of thy riches. So is this great and wide sea, wherein are things creeping innumerable, both small and great beasts. There go the ships. There is that Leviathan, look at Leviathan, whom thou hast made to play therein. One translation reads it this way. What a wildly wonderful world, God, that you made with wisdom at your side. You made earth overflow with all wonderful creatures. Oh, look, the deep wide sea brimming with fish innumerable. Ships plow the waters. Look at them go. And Leviathan, your pet dragon, romps in them. Leviathan is God's pet dragon. See, it causes me to fear, but it's nothing to God. God said, you can't hook it and catch it, but I can. You can't put a leash on it and control it, but I can. God says, that which you have no control over, I have control over. God is greater than Leviathan. God is greater than the boogeyman. God is greater than anything that lurks beneath the surface threatening you, threatening you. God is greater. I will not fear. I will have faith in my God because God is greater than any enemy that I face. I am not defeated. I am victorious. I am not down and out. I am up and going up in him. God is my strength. (laughs) Leviathan lives, but God said, Job, Job, listen, Leviathan lives, but so do See, killing monsters is above my pay grade. It's not above his pay grade. I brought something to show you, kind of what a little bit about Leviathan. I don't have a Leviathan in here. he wouldn't fit. Where are you at? Leviathan is causes us to fear. But to God, Leviathan is like a pet dragon. I like to think of Leviathan to God as this. (laughs) Leviathan is God's rubber ducky. Is anybody free, afraid of this thing? Some of you have little bitty ones in your, your bathtub. Right, Leviathan. Squeak, 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 squeak. Leviathan. This is how God sees your Leviathan. You see, I'm, I'm, I'm shaking in fear, God. I, he said, why are you fearful? How come you don't believe? And I'm shaking in fear. And to God, God's like, see, see, to God, your dads have to say things like this, right? Leviathan's not all he's quacked up to be. (laughs) Sorry, sorry, children. I know you like daddy jokes, but although dads have the best jokes. Well, I'm shaking and quaking and this huge beast God says I've got it there's not, it's nothing more than a rubber ducky to God what I can't handle God can handle what seems to be so controlling to, in my life God says I've got it I've got it how many times has God spoken to me or to you and say look I've got this I can take care of this Jesus can handle what we can't. Jesus can handle what we can't. What we sink in, he walks on. What we fear, he sleeps through. The story I read to you on that ship, here's the disciples. They're trying their best. They're seafaring men. They know how to deal with the water and ships, but they're losing it. And as they're losing it and they're about about to go under, they're trying the best they could as we do. Want to be strong, want to get it right, want to take care of it. And we try our best to make it, but sometimes you get to where you can't. The storm is too big, it's too too powerful. The storm is going to get the best of you. But somebody remembered Jesus is in the ship. Jesus is in the ship. And where is Jesus? Jesus is asleep. Why? Because when they left, Jesus said, we're going to the other side. And just because a storm rose up did not change the promise of God. Well, you would hear what I just said. Just because a storm comes up, that doesn't change the promise of God. He said, we're going through, we're going to the other side. You know why Jesus went to sleep? Because he knew it was all taken care of. We will get there. But they're afraid, they wake him up. And I find something interesting when they woke him up. The Bible says that Jesus was sleeping. He had a pillow. Now, now, here's the thing. is Jesus has this pillow. That's a big thing. I don't read anywhere else where Jesus has a pillow. Matter of fact, he said the foxes have holes, the birds. He said, but the son of man, what? Hath not where to lay his head. So this is the one time in the history of God he has a pillow. And He's like, I'm enjoying this. Pillow is nice. Anybody like your pillow? When we go somewhere, my wife brings her pillow. And I'm like, every hotel I've stayed in has pillows. Actually, a lot of them are better than your pillow. They have nice pillows. I want my pillow little thing beaten to death and it's got a little green cover on it. Doesn't have much form to it. I want my pillow because there's something about a pillow. So Jesus finally has a pillow. You know why he's sleeping soundly? Because he's got a pillow. they wake him up. Jesus is on that pillow. And they wake him up and Jesus is like, what in the world do you need now? I'm just going to rest till we get over there. Oh, but it's bumpy, I see. We've got a storm brewing. Things are bad. You don't think you're going to make it. Matter of fact, they said, do you even care? What do you mean? How many times do I have to show you that I care? You don't even care. And Jesus gets up with his pillow. He says, guys, What's the deal? There Jesus is, lays his pillow down, and he says, stop. And immediately, it all stopped. Why? Because it remembered that voice. It was created by that voice, the wind was. And when Jesus spoke, immediately, the storm stopped matter of fact, it says it was a great storm and then it was a great calm. The difference between a great storm and a great calm is the presence of Jesus in the midst of it. Jesus brought peace. Jesus said, Leviathan is nothing. The storm is nothing. Do you understand who's here? Why are you afraid? Why are you fearful? And they survived because of the presence of Jesus. Last thing I want to tell you is this. I remember as a kid, yes, we were kids once. I remember. I remember being afraid. I remember being in my bedroom and I was afraid. See, there's something under my bed, in the closet, coming through my window, in the roof about to come down. Come on, anybody know what I'm talking about? Is it just me? Am I a lunatic? Are you on something? I'm about. And I remember as a little kid being afraid. You know what I I remember what I did this more than once. I get up out of my bed and where'd I go? I went in there to mom and dad's room. They're on the bed. And I come there to the foot of the bed. Hey! Shake him, grab her toe or something. Mom, Dad, I'm afraid. And, man, I was just frantic. I, this is the end of me. I'm afraid. And they wake up, wipe their eyes. They look down there and see a little head just, just high as the bed. I'm afraid. You know what they say? You know what they told me? <laughs> man, y'all tough over in Texas, man. Just go back to bed. No, 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 no. No. I guess my parents loved you. Me, I don't know about you guys. I don't know about you and your kids. Come up here. Just lay down right here for me. And I remember crawling up on that bed, wedge in between them, laying there, and I'm talking about, I'm talking about, in just a matter of seconds, five seconds. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Not here, I guess. <laughs> but you know, what changed? Whatever was under my bed still there. Whatever is in the closet is still there. The only thing that changed was the presence of dad and mom. The presence, their presence was all I needed to be able to survive what I thought was going to kill me. In his presence, there's fullness of joy. If I can just come into his presence. Pastor, there's many times I've felt like I've come into the church with Leviathan wrapped around me, breathing right on my face. There's been times I didn't think I'd be able to survive and make it another day. But when I got into his presence, I began to feel the presence of God. All of a sudden, everything seemed much better than it was before. There's something about the presence of God. I felt it as we were singing earlier. Singing about, just say the name. There's something about the name of Jesus. Being in his presence. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? (laughs) There's something about the presence of God that brings a calming sensation to us. That whatever is happening out there, whatever is happening in here, God's got it. Stand with me, please. Whatever it is that you're facing, whatever it is you're you're dealing with, God's got it. God's got it fearful i'm shaking i'm afraid and god's just walking around with the leviathan around the neck because to god it's nothing more than a rubber duck god i ask that you would speak to me again it's not just with noah a couple of years ago but lord it's been other things before and since Life just has a way of somewhat, sometimes it's seemingly crashing down around us. I know the sensation of fear. I know what it feels like to have pain. I know what rejection feels like. I know what sickness feels like. I know what it feels like, God, to hold the hand of a loved one as they take their last breath. I know what it feels like, God, to reach into the pocket and there'd be nothing there. I know what it feels like to be on the storm of life, trying to tread water, trying to stay above it all. And I can feel Leviathan pulling me into the murky depths below. But suddenly, a hand reaches down to me. A voice speaks in the midst of the chaos. A word of calmness, peace, 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 be still.